What's up, you guys? I'm John. This is Johnny. What's up? And we're here. We talk about that. Mm. We're back, guys. We are back. Johnny's been on a hiatus. Yeah, which is the Greek god of unemployment. <laughs> is it not? Is that what comedians? It's like is that like your patron god? Yeah, or? like hiatus. I'm glad we jumped right into idolatry. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little G. It's fine. Yeah, guys, mythology. Yeah. So uh, you've been on the road. I have, and you did a podcast without me. I did two podcasts without wow, you. Oh, that's yeah. upsetting. I tried to call you last week, and you don't you need didn't me. Answer. You don't need me at all. No, still need you. Uh, Laura did a great job. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you need to go listen to it. I get the impression you haven't. And to I heard good things about the one with Allie for sure. Oh wow! Like uh, my wife's sister listens to the podcast some, and she said to tell Allie. That she's really like doing amazing work, and she really wished there had been something like that around when she had her child because yeah. she had some postpartum issues. So pretty cool. Yeah, Allie did do a great job. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of feedback on the episode. So if you haven't listened, go back. Was to be three episodes and mm. listen to the one with Allie Oswald Thayer. So on PPD on postpartum depression, it was good. Johnny, we're attacking the issues, bro. Here we're hitting the stuff that the news wants to skip over. It was just waiting on a voice. You know what I'm saying? Right. Actually, it was lots. waiting on me to go away so you could have a real substantial <laughs> guest. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. We're glad you're back. Hope you had a good time. You've been in Florida, among other places. I was in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Jacksonville, Florida. And then Macon, Georgia. Mm. And then... Uh, Macon'sville. Lakin, Lake, Lakin. <laughs> Stop it. Lakeland, Florida. Uh, and then now I'm back, and now I'm leaving for Greensboro tomorrow. I'm gone six days. Where the heck is Greensboro? It's uh, right in the path of Florence. Oh dear. No, I think it. I think it skipped around, but they got some heavy rain for sure. Did you get rain in Jacksonville? No, it totally missed. Jacksonville. Oh, really? We had it was sunny weather. It was fun, and I stayed at a friend's house, and it was amazing. He's got this house on the intercoastal waterway, mm. and he's got a nice boat and jet skis and. We hung, we hung out and played for a couple of days Wow! while I had my show there, but we'd stayed at his house. Well, that sounds like a blast. He's a lovely home. Yeah. I'm yeah. really glad you got He's doing do okay. He didn't get into comedy. Mm. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> 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 he made better choices. So, but you've been doing keto, right? I've been on keto and I cheated a little bit with that. Uh, I cheated some mm. while I was there. But it's all seafood. You could have eaten seafood, right? Yeah, but I don't really like. I like shrimp, yeah, uh, breaded shrimp, <laughs> um, fried shrimp. Yeah, you so know. not keto. No, but I had been I'd been going like eighteen days strong. Well, you had to quit that mess. And so I thought, well, can I get back on? That's the key. Is like once you're out of what's called ketosis, mm. then you're just like, well, it's. it's Would you over. say that you're the ketosis with the mosis? I would not say that. I would say when you're in ketosis, you're really craving a hostess, like one of those, some of those snack cakes. Right, like a little dead. Not like a woman who seats you at your table. That's right. a different. That's a, I don't crave that. No. I'm so loud in my own ears. Well, Johnny, isn't that been true your whole life, though? Yeah, I guess you're right. Have you ever thought this that is a, when this you're, episode on your narcissist? Have you ever thought that when you're so eating, when you're eating ears. like in a movie theater, you're like, "Is the crunching outside my head this loud?" Because <laughs> this is unsettling. <laughs> when when I sit at the table, mm-hmm. I can hear my daughter, yeah, like totally, we're eating something crunchy. Like it is loud. Like it's in my head. 
I don't know, man. Sometimes people, there's some people I think that maybe, I don't know if the. You think she's doing it to unnerve you? No, I don't think she's aware oh. of me at all. Oh. I'm not even sure she knows I'm sitting there. So most of the time. Kids, Johnny. True. So you, did you, so you ate a lot of bread is what you're saying. I ate bread. I ate some hush puppies, which yeah. you can't have. That's a fried cornbread fritter. Or that is completely the opposite of ketosis. Uh, uh, ironically enough, you can have real puppies uh, on the keto diet because it's just meat. You can have all the pu- real puppies that you want. Just grill them, and, but you can't have the hush kind. Well, I mean, they are hushed. <laughs> yeah. Once that you, took care of it. Once you hit them with a brick, <laughs> put them on the grill. Dark. It's that is dark. Really, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, I didn't hit a puppy. No, and we do not condone the eating of puppies. Have you noticed that, though, like uh, when they say any diet pill or whatever they say, some new program, any any infomercial, they'll say, so and so and so, you lose this much more weight when combined with diet and exercise. <laughs> well, if you combine anything with diet and exercise. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? It's like that's been the problem the whole time. Right. If you, you can combine to, space travel with diet and exercise, you're going to lose more weight. Like I mean, all I want to combine my diet pill with is water. Like yeah. that's what I just want to swallow it and then I want to go eat what I want. Yeah. So magic bullet. Well, they have that pill. Remember that pill came out like a few years ago. The magic bullet. No, it no. was the one called. Uh, what was it called? And it caused you not to absorb the fat. What was yeah. it called? Ally. Oh dear. And basically, the fat comes out. It just is set aside. It doesn't get absorbed by your system. So what you do is you you just pass fat. If you eat a fatty meal on that pill, in other words, don't sneeze hard. Let me just say that. <laughs> it's what I've heard. Don't, unless you want to change pants. That's the grossest thing I've I'm heard. telling you, that's how it works. But it's it's um, it's one of those things where it's, it's almost like supposed to be a preventative, like, oh, I can't eat this because it's going to be bad later. But I don't think it really stopped people from. Wow. They're like, this is, I'm not going to absorb all the fat from this, so I'm just going to have all the... Mm-hmm. And then they would, you know... What happened to that pill? Is it still available? I think so. Okay. I Not a know. sponsor, though. I don't hear... <laughs> I don't hear about it anymore. It was called two different things, but I think one of the names was Ally. Well. A-L-L-Y. But anyway, um, yeah, there's no magic bullet, turns out. But this diet's the closest thing as far as you can really lose weight if you cut carbs because it your body burns fat instead of the sugar that you're eating every day. And yeah. But then it's hard to, you get a little, the cravings are a little bit weird, but they're, they're, I'm better now. And I've lost, I've lost like 18 pounds as of today. So when you came off of ketosis though, mm-hmm. I was able to get back on. I was off for two days. Get back you, on. What was your gain? Oh, I didn't look. I was, okay. I didn't have a scale near me. So you don't carry a scale with you? No. And then when I came back home, I had been back on for two days and I was like, if I'm just broke even, I'm good. Were you even? And I was even. Well, and then go. today I was down three more pounds. Wow. So. That's I'm awesome. back in the driver's seat. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. Not a sponsor. Hey, listen, I got you a present. You did? I did. And I've been holding it for this You're moment. holding your phone. What are you? I'm about to text you a present. Really? You have your phone on you? I got it right here. All right. So this is going to happen right now. Here we go. In three, two, here comes your present. <laughs> what is it? Did you not get it yet? No. Oh, now we got to wait on AT&T. Got it. Hold on. Hold on. I got to open my phone. Looking. Yes. What? Yes. I was getting ready to give you a hard time <laughs> because you've done the podcast without me twice. I was like, well, you may as well because I'm not even on the <laughs> I'm not on the logo. So they would have already seen that there's a new logo. Johnny has not seen it till now. That finally has both. Who of did? Our who faces. did the artwork Jeffrey on it? Did it? Look at that. Yeah. yeah. Jeffrey, who probably doesn't listen to the podcast. Do you think he listens? Oh yeah. Does he? Yeah. 
Jeffrey's Jeffrey my and man. I only listen a lot. Yeah. Jeffrey's my man. You know what? It, well, I want to point out something, by the way. Go ahead. So I don't really have that much hair anymore. No. Because I've taken it down to the shadow. Yeah. And it looks like you're staring straight at my head with a smirk on your face. Like. Like it's almost as if. Like that's a toupee. Right. Like <laughs> that's like not sp- real. Like I'm spotting that's a toupee. not there anymore. <laughs> I would never be so judgmental. I think it's great. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think it's great that you did. You're doing. What are you calling it? A shadow. It's a shadow. It's a shadow. Shadow. It's very mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Sergeant Carter. Remember from Gomer Pyle? Well, he had hair though. That was like a. That was a was flat like a, top. Oh, okay. No, this is a shadow. <laughs> you whisper it. You think you're a superhero now? <laughs> I don't think so. I am the shadow. Yeah. Anyway, you're about to say something about Jeffrey. I think. I would. I would just like to say that when I started doing comedy, uh, Jeffrey was so such a big deal to like he helped me have more confidence in the things I was writing because he would put art with it like he would I'd have a dumb idea and I used a lot of slides in my earlier shows like there was artwork all behind me there would be things going up behind me right and I would just send him a thing that said I would just send him a thing that said like hey can you make this and he would do it like I had this one bit I was talking about how when you hear songs you hear certain lyrics but it's not the right lyrics. Right. And one of them was uh, the answer, my friends, is blowing in the wind. You know, blowing in the wind, right. that song. It's a folk song. But I heard, like, the ants are my friends. So I said, I sent him a text, like, at midnight. We had a show the next day. I said, hey, can you Photoshop me in a field <laughs> holding hands with a gigantic ant? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you do. Yeah, and I mean, he, after he, after him saying, how many drinks have you had? He... <laughs> made it for me and it was a funny I don't, I don't think we've used it since but it's just a, it was a funny thing and I just thought when he did that and he pulled it off I thought I'm not going to ever make this person mad <laughs> because he has power to make me look really foolish he can put me anywhere he wants he could photoshop me into any compromising position you know what I'm saying so it's like I know of one thing that yeah. you did with Jeffrey Holland yeah. that we are not allowed to talk about on this <laughs> podcast. We will not be talking about that. No. But if I wanted to destroy you, yeah. I bet you I could. No, there's no way. I'm not I'm not known enough to destroy. He would be so offensive. You know what I'm talking about. I know about. what you're talking about. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> We're not going to talk about it. But Jeffrey just, and I have weird... Jeffrey's... Because it would destroy a, him too, though, because he's with Jeffrey you. has such an interesting sense of humor. Oh, yeah. It's very and, so I'll see, anytime I see something very random and strange, I always think of him and I always want to send it to him because I just know exactly what will make him laugh. I mean, it's always something that like five out of ten people would just be like, what are you even doing? Yeah. You know, I think that's great. Yeah, he's got a very uh, – his, his mind is very brilliant. Yeah. You know, and I was he, in meetings one today. I mean, he's just – he's very – He's great. Yeah, he's funny. He's awesome. But I'm, I miss what I was going to say about him. When we started out, he would travel with me some. Mm-hmm. Because he was single, and he was in his early twenties, and it was just like, "Hey, let's go to the, here. I'll give you a hundred bucks. Go to Iowa with me." Yeah. Because I was making a few hundred bucks myself, and I was like, "But I want you to go because I need your help with this." Because we had so many slides in the show, I needed help. Yep. Because I was I didn't trust the sound man, so he would go with because me. Because it was a part of the timing of the joke. Right, right. Yeah, and Jeffrey knew the that. jokes, and so and he had a real sense for comedy, and so I, the first shows I did without him, I felt really like naked up there. And yeah. part of it is because I was, it was naked. naked. It was right. a new bit I was working on, <laughs> and it did not go well no. uh, at all. Did not so, get invited back. No, those no. that church did not. 
Those Church of Christ people are angry. <laughs> Brian Bates, my buddy Brian Bates, has a bit about uh, growing up in a really conservative. Because my church is real conservative. Like even what do you say? Even the men can't wear pants. <laughs> That's such a funny joke. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> anyway, uh, a shout out to Jeffrey Holland, who also uh, directed my special. Oh. Uh, my comedy special live at the Franklin Theater, which is now on Amazon Prime. I think you talked about that. I did, John. Uh, in a podcast that I did not listen to, but I know that you mentioned it. I didn't just mention. I it, listened for myself, and once I wasn't mentioned in the first, I was like, "Yeah, I got, uh, this. Yeah. I got stuff to do." But, 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 but honestly, when you saw the huge spike yeah. on whatever it is you see in, right. in views, then I you knew I had impacted. Yeah. Okay, you don't see. I don't see it. I was. We were talking about. What were we talking about right before this? Oh, we were talking about a certain furniture store that shall rem- remain nameless. It rhymes with Mashley Home Furniture. <laughs> We've been waiting for six weeks on my mom for my mom's bedroom, oh, and you were like, "Are you going to take to the airwaves and like just destroy them, crush them with your power?" I have enormous influence in this culture. It's not going to work out. No, no, and I'm not going to do that to them. They're going to be fun. It's like all those times when Christians would boycott things, like Disney. You went through the, you yeah. went through that, the Satan scare and the everything. Everything was a. Whatever the American Family Association came out and said in a fax that right. sent, was sent to our parents. Yep. This is before email. In a fax. So you get a fax that would just say, these companies are supporting things that are anti-family. And then my mom would just go on a tear. And all yeah. of a sudden, we weren't going to drink Pepsi anymore or oh. whatever. And I didn't like Pepsi, so it was fine. But And I never went to Disney either. So we went to Dollywood because it was close. <laughs> so she loved Dolly. What's Dolly ever done? She She's a family-oriented person. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she has I, the book thing. So she pretty has great. a book thing. Yeah, the book club. Yeah, that's Oprah. Children. What does she do? Wait, Dolly does the books for children. What's it called though? And the Imagination Dolly's Station. Imagination Library. Oh god, that's what it is. My Imagination Station's a lot better. Imagination Station. It rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Hey, listen. Speaking of Florida, <sighs> we weren't. Oh, sorry, Dolly. Yeah, but earlier. Okay. It's time. Okay. We've. Held off for. 14, I thought it was Georgia week, and we held off for fourteen minutes and nineteen seconds. Twenty about this four to nothing. We beat what's it? Who are they? Who that would they? be UTEP. UTEP. That team was hammered by UNLV the week before. I don't want to listen. I don't mean it's time to sound the alarm. Hey, UTEP may or may not have the worst record in college football. The John, longest current losing streak. And are we you? Are you ready to admit that this team might be really bad? I don't. Does it require me admitting that? Isn't well, but it you're obvious? very. You can be very myopic as a fan. Wow. Let me just say that. If I knew what myopic meant, I'd be really offended right now. <sighs> Listen, I think that mm-hmm. there are glimpses. Yeah. And they haven't put it all together. I think that we're majorly in trouble on the offensive line. Yeah. I think our pass rush is subpar. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because our pass rush is subpar, mm-hmm. that the secondary is compromised. Mm. Because since you're not putting any pressure on the quarterback, he has all day. And your guys are out there running around like it's two-hand touch out there waiting to get open. And our guys can't stick with him. So, now listen, all that being said, right. under the lights at night mm-hmm. at Neyland against a Florida team that also is not that good from what I've watched. They look pretty rough. Yeah. But they they always put it together against us, and you know it. Oh, you mean we when Felipe them, Franks threw that sixty yard bomb on the we last make play them last look year? Like world beaters all the time. Well, Johnny, it's still a. I know that I'm always the naysayer. I don't mean to be, John. I'm just trying to be the realist. But we're 
we're we're fans. Yeah. Like, when do you believe in your team? Do I need to remind you of the Cub fan analogy? No. I, I mean, you're care. just a Cubs fan now. Like, you just. You I root for the Cubs when they were cursed, and now I want them to go away. Same with Boston. Like, when Boston hadn't won anything for years, like 80-something years. Right. And now they've won, like, you know, three of the last six, and they're insufferable. Yeah. Like, the Red Sox are the worst. Yeah. But, see, we're not – we haven't won anything. Yeah. Like, give us a break. It's been 20 years. I was thinking about that with the Apple keynote because they keep bringing out these products, Apple 10. Apple, now it's the Max. The phone is – it's as big as a laptop. I don't know what people are carrying around. Who are these? What kind of meaty hands do you have that you can carry this phone around? <laughs> what is an it's the size of your pocket? A, a Apple iPhone XS Max. What what is happening? Oh man! Who are these mutant? <laughs> who is carrying Thanos? Who's carrying this phone? <laughs> anyway, I was thinking about that because they can't do anything with a phone anymore that is groundbreaking. It's always just like, well, now it's faster. It's got a better processor. Right. There's no new features that we really need anymore. And I think it's like the Vols fans, okay? <laughs> These Apple enthusiasts, and I'm one of them. I'm in because we're we're sucked in. We are we are Apple we people. We're way too far in to go back now. That's the Vols because, and it's here's the other parallel. We're still obsessed with someone who did something in 1998. <laughs> <laughs> they had a big breakthrough in 98. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, but this was the... This feels like 98. Because that's when Steve Jobs came back, 97-ish, was mm-hmm. when he was brought back after being fired. Then he turned... Are you saying trying, that Steve Jobs is changed. the reason that Tennessee won the Steve Jobs is Philip Fulmer? Right. No. Have you ever seen him in the same place at the same time? I haven't. Come on now. Do you think if, like, something really went wrong on the floor of... Of the factory that he clapped, even though it was obvious, like, you shouldn't be clapping for this. Remember former you see that? We'd fumble and he'd be off to the side clapping. You'd be like, why are you clapping? That was a bad play, coach. Yell at the people. Let me tell you something. Did you see Pruitt get up in that dude's face last week? Uh-uh. You didn't watch the game. You I watched some of it. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Let me tell you something. Yeah. He, the kid was kind of looking away while he was talking to him. Right. He straight up grabbed the sides of his helmet. And got up in his face. But where's the line where it becomes Bobby Knight territory? Can you grab kids by the head? I don't know. I was wondering about that. You loved it, evidently. The thing about Bobby Knight was is the kids weren't wearing helmets. So So you think it's okay? Well, they are. Because nobody gets concussions if they're wearing helmets. Everybody knows that. Oh, wait. It's the scourge of the entire sport. That's from like full speed collisions with other dudes. Yeah. This dude's standing there. Right. I don't know if I agree with you. You think or not. him grabbing this kid by the head is totally fine. I you think, think it shows fire. I think we're so desperate that we're mm-hmm. just happy when anything happens. Yeah. We're just like, you know what, look at that. Something happened. Yeah. You know, like we just want something to happen. I do Is it so much to ask that something would just happen? Well, if something's gonna happen. I mean it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's gonna be good. The quarterback looks good, the running backs look great, the offensive yeah. line look like my eight year old daughter, who's now ten, if that lets you know anything. Wow. And then, I, I don't know. She skipped a year? Is it like the iPhone? No, Remember that iPhone went from 8 to X? Oh, my gosh. Coincidence? Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. It's just, it's just I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. I predicted that we'd lose by 6. Uh, to Florida. And you know what Vegas, the Vegas odds are? I think it's 5. Why are you looking at Vegas odds, John? I wasn't. I just oh, saw it in a tweet. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Also, A tweet that also, follows Vegas <laughs> odds. <laughs> A tweet that keeps up with my degenerate gambling. I wasn't. 
Listen, Listen John, Johnny. Everything in moderation, bro. <laughs> Whatever right. you got to do. I can tell you this. Just I'm don't a come fan. crying to me when Sadie needs milk money because they're papa. <laughs> not papa. You're not the papa. You're the pappy. <laughs> because you wasted money on the Vols because you're so, like, you're such a fan. You're like, my God, you're going to win. <laughs> this is the year. Yeah, Listen, it's not the year. No, it's not the year. If we beat Florida. Six wins? What do you think? Six wins would be a miracle. Yeah. Like, here's the deal. We've won two. We have one more. Georgia's shoot. a loss. Alabama's a loss. Florida's probably a loss. Auburn's a loss. Auburn. Oh, I forgot we're playing Auburn. We're K- not playing LSU, though, are we? No, but <laughs> they K- look good. But Kentucky just beat. By the way, Kentucky just beat Florida. Let's not remember it. Forget that. Right. Or, or remember, or remember it. it. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so Kentucky beat us last year. And yeah. Vanderbilt, like no, and Vanderbilt just almost There's beat Notre no Dame easy over the weekend. On the schedule no, no. anymore, except I think we play Charlotte or somebody for homecoming. So we could go three and eight. That's that's a possibility. Or three and nine. How many games are there? I wasn't paying attention. I don't know, John. Or they keep adding games. We could go six and six, or we could beat Florida, get our confidence up. Georgia comes in, or we yeah. I think we go to Georgia. Right. Are you for an eighteen playoff or I am. fourteen? I'm gonna tell you why I'm for an eighteen playoff. Because you're against the extra days of class for these kids. Let's get these kids out of class and get them on the football field where they belong. Listen, Johnny, is nothing, that what your that what your position is? To do with that. What I here's here's what bothers me. Oh boy. You have five power conferences mm-hmm. and four teams let in. Right. Someone's always gonna have something to cry foul about. Yeah. Always. And I just think it's ridiculous. Why not do eight teams put the champion from all five power conferences? Those are like five automatic bids. Yeah. If you win your conference, you are in there. Okay. And then you pick the best other three teams either from an other conference or the second place in those. And in that scenario, no one get I mean it's just dumb. If UCF is undefeated well, put them in. Give a shot. You know what I'm saying? Put them right. in. It would have been a good year for that. Yeah. To see what they really had. And you're talking about a couple more games. It's not like that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how long do we not have a playoff at all? I think that they act like it's so complicated. Like, I'm well, sorry. it's the money. It's, There's it's, it's nothing politics we can and money. do. We can't change this time-honored yeah, tradition. It's, it's like, politics and money is just, what it is. You, they did exactly what I said they should do for years and years and years. Guys, make the bowl games so the you're, playoff So games. you're saying they finally listen to you? No. Well, they, what they're afraid of is making the other bowl games insignificant. The other bowl games are already insignificant. Yeah, and the only reason people watch them is because their teams are in the game. Eventually, so, they're going to make the regular season insignificant because it's going to be like, eh. Did you think the regular season NFL is insignificant? Uh, no. Well, what's the difference there, big guy? Well, the, some of those. No. Are- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, John. It's fine. <laughs> that reminds me. Do you want to tell that story? What story? The, remember the phone story? Uh-uh. The brick phone. You, you left your phone. You used to lose it all the time. That was I the thought first we told the story before, we but did, yeah, but I, used, just, I, I used to lose my phone all the time. This is when I had a big Nextel phone. If you don't know what a Nextel phone was, it was a phone that had a walkie-talkie feature on it, and it was huge, and it was like the big construction size phone. Anyway, I would leave my phone places, and uh, we would dri- I would drive off on the with it on the roof of the car. Yep. Or on the back of the trailer hitch or wherever. Yep. We're headed to a show somewhere a few miles from the church. We're loading up. We pull off and we get halfway down the road. I'm with our bass player and you call him. It's like, give Johnny the phone. And I go, hold on. You go, where's your phone, genius? I go, I, and you go, wrong. <laughs> you had already, we pulled through a parking lot somewhere. 
You saw it fall off. No, 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 I didn't. I thought you saw it fall some, off. Uh, some random stranger found it, and mine was the last number you had called, and they called me. Hilarious. <laughs> and you went back and got it for yeah, me. Yeah. It's so funny. And it was like 10 minutes. I, I never, it never fell into traffic. It's unbelievable. It would always fall to like a safe place. It might fall into somebody's lap. Yeah. On the side and they'd the be road. like, oh, and it was always like a good Samaritan, not yeah. somebody would steal you. Because back then, phones weren't something that were valuable enough to steal. Did you see the story about the dude in New York who found a purse with $10,000 in cash in it and turned it in? Yeah. I want to know what was really in it, though. Like, they'd, they'd be like, okay, 50000 <laughs> If I give ten. Surely it had ideas. I wonder whose money, money it was. They would have known, though. Who carries around $10,000 cash, though? Ask yourself. Oh, yeah. That's some, some, she's that's not some coming, shady. She's not coming forward. Well, that's why it would be easy to, to do some right. hoodoo and voodoo on it. With, you know, like, oh, I'll, t- I'll keep. Right. You're like, this money's already dirty. Yeah. I might as well make it clean by making good purchases. That's, is that how? Is this Breaking Bad? <laughs> this is already. You're laundering it. No, I would turn in the money. I, I'm, I'm pretty honest as a person. Uh, generally speaking, I feel weird if I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't even like, I don't even feel good about not tipping if the wait staff's bad. I feel like, oh yeah, but I, right, I feel like, well, you know, Christianity would say I should tip more. Yeah. Right. Because they're having a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We're just good people, John. <laughs> no one can deny that, Johnny. It's true. We're not good people. That's the no, thing. It's so okay. it's, it's That's very, right it's very, I used to think I was honest. Did you? I did. I used to think I was extremely, extremely honest, and I began realizing that those that there are these like things I do that aren't bold faced lies, mm-hmm. but or deceptions. But they're deceptions to make me look better. Oh right, or to okay. keep or to keep somebody from being disappointed in me. Yeah, so, I definitely think I've I've told lies to people to avoid uh, conflict, but not like lies that are like big lies, but almost like. You just don't want to fight with that person, so you you just want to drop it, so you say everything's okay when you know it's not, or those yeah. kind of things. Yeah, mine, the big one is, like today, like I'm late to meet you to shoot the podcast, mm-hmm. and when you start texting me, why are you late, or whatever. Like, well, it, I said, why the delay? I didn't you say, like, I forget, well, I think you what's had your some, deal? There were some explanations. I didn't say I don't anything. remember what I said exactly. Yeah, that's but, fine. but uh, you know, it's really easy for me to right then to cover. Yeah. Like, I'm on my way. You know, I want to say right. something that's Leave really now. not completely true. Because yeah. the truth was, I was at Five Guys with the church staff, and I still had to run to my house. I to thought get... you guys were getting lunch from uh, Schmoopty Pop now. Well, it uh, turns out, Jason's Johnny, Deli. today is National Hamburger Day. That's that's what Jeffrey said. And it was Jason Payne's birthday. So oh. so we, everybody went to Five Guys, and now I'm the size of Five I'm, Guys. Because you, invi- you invited me to lunch with you guys. I'm glad I didn't come because I definitely would have You could have keto'd out over there. Are you kidding me? Just get that. we had two ladies who who ate out of like bowls. Those French fries there. Yeah, you got to skip the fries. There's it's, no way around. Those are going to hurt you. Those are like, and they 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 literally soak the bag in grease. Like the the people don't soak the bag in grease. No, putting the fries this in the bag soaks it with grease once it comes through. So <laughs> this is what they do. I don't know what to tell you. All right, who need a new bag soaker? Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. But uh, yeah. I'm trying to get off sodas, but it's too hard. That's the only thing I can have. You can have, like, sugar substitutes on this diet. Yeah. Otherwise, I would just fiend for for sugar all it's the time. It's time for you to start drinking coffee. No. It would be such a great thing for you. I don't People so. who drink coffee live longer. Do you know that? John, I don't want to live longer. I don't know how to tell you this. <laughs> we got done today, and I go, guys. Whatever this, my number is, is like, good. This meal probably took a month off of our lives. 
You know, no. well, what's another month? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're 89 or whatever, it's still a big deal, actually. I'd like that. Pretty, yeah. I that month back. But Five Guys, bro, they just. But it's a month off the end. Like an, the end of your life's not great. It could take a month out of right now, depending on the condition of your arteries and stuff. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. Can I tell you? I can I tell you all my, my month at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good. Like at the end when you're not even like coherent. Who yeah. needs that month? Like, like, bring I'm glad, me a burger then. Like, I'm glad I had that burger. Yeah. That's what you'll say to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad I had that burger. Bring me my burger and bring me my teeth because I'm going to eat it right here. Yeah, so and my, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be great. Right. Speaking of, by the way, oh, I, had boy. A, I had a listener come to me and talk to me about whether or not we should have been calling people ugly on the podcast. Oh, wow. And I said, did who, we, who do we call ugly? Who do we call ugly? And he said that we were talking about Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> He's defending Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Like we were talking about how like presidents yeah. might be ugly but oh, successful. Right. So like ugly people can – so then we just started talking about you know, like, ugly people. Uh, can good-looking still, presidents more likely to be elected yeah. or whatever. And I was like – you know, and at first I kind of laughed it off and I was like, you know, I said, OK. If we if we crossed any of those lines, you know, then I don't know. I said, Who to do me, we apologize to exactly? Well, exactly. I was like, to me – Abraham Lincoln. It's like it's like calling Santa Claus fat or something. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like somebody who's 200 years ago. Right. It's just he's not 200 years ago, but if who's 150? What do you? Know? You don't really know your history. He's huh? 168. Well, he looks great <laughs> for his age. I just don't know. Like I don't oh, know. What? I mean, I, he's maybe just, just acknowledging beauty or lack thereof is yeah. a thing. Is that I don't know. Maybe by it the really way, did is. you look up? I was right about him being a bare knuckle. Uh, wrestler and boxer. You looked it up? Yeah. Wow. It's true. So and he had an undefeated record. Wow, you're kidding. Mm-hmm. No, not kidding. But, I mean, do we acknowledge... I don't know. I don't know. I just... So here's the deal. If you're offended at all that we called Abraham I would Lincoln... Not, I wouldn't just, like, look at a dude and say that's an ugly guy, but it's, like, there are presidents who are better looking than other presidents. It's 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 empirical. Maybe by the standards of the day. Maybe Abraham Lincoln's wife thought he was, I mean, absolutely stunning. Maybe, I mean, a handsome devil, right? I don't know that Mary Todd. I tell you what, she Sally Field, by the way, yeah, playing Mary Todd Lincoln. I've never seen it. Johnny W. I've not seen the Daniel Daniel Day Lewis movies. Just feel like it's an investment in my <sighs> time. Oh, I just know it's going to be three hours, and it's going to be oh, so intense. Johnny. All of his movies are so intense. Why? I don't know if you ever heard of the Civil War. It was pretty intense, too. Oh, I'm right. sorry that you can't give three hours of your time after people gave their lives for five years. You know Are what? You, is this an example of brother versus brother? Because <laughs> you just turned on me. Dude, you need to go see Lincoln. Oh. It's unbelievable. Well, I don't think you go see it anymore. You can go see it in your bedroom on Netflix or whatever. Do I have to get dressed up? Come on, babe. Come on. It's going to be great. Um, no, John. I, I'm I'm good. You don't want to see Lincoln. No. It's going to be – isn't there like an embellishment stuff in there too? You know there is. There's license. Well, it's not who a documentary it? if that's Was what it you Oliver mean. Stone? Who did it? I don't remember who did Lincoln. Because you can't trust Oliver Stone movies. They're always just he wasn't, so – I don't think it was Oliver Stone. He's all – gosh, I'm going to have to look it up now. Who produced – I think it was Oliver, but it could be not. I don't know what it was. Listen, well, the thing about it is some of the – now this is probably the part you – I don't know. You might not like it as much, but – Dude, when he is sitting, Steven Spielberg, bro. Okay. Yeah. What's he ever done? Yeah. And it's two hours and 29 minutes. Yeah. Listen. What did I say about it being a long time? Those are long movies. But I'm going to tell you something. Daniel Day-Lewis is intense. You know he's retiring. 
That's what they say. It's because I'm telling you, you talk about your hamburger taken. I think his intensity took years off of his career. You think so? Because he just get he's one of those guys that goes all in. He's a method actor. Right. So he gets into the character so much that he's hard to be around. That's what I've heard. Like if he's playing a jerk, he kind of embodies right. that. And it's it's too intense for people. And I think it, it's hurt him. And I think that's why he's retiring young. Wow. But I mean, who knows? Maybe he just wants to spend more time with his family. Now I've impugned his character. Somebody going to send us another email? How dare you? No, I mean, again. I'm Daniel Day-Lewis's half-sister. <laughs> no, I, He's a handsome guy. Is he? he? had to make it. I'm listen, a, I'm a, think about it. Did he make himself better looking or ugly to play Lincoln? Mm. Have you seen Daniel Lewis know, without Johnny, make? No, he's a handsome no guy. I have no idea how he to put determine a mole, these things. He put a mole on. I have no idea how to determine these things. That mole had a personality. You know what I it told was, It had its own weather system. <laughs> you know what I told my friend? I said, here's what I do know. Okay. I said, you're probably right that we'll talk about ugly dudes. Yeah. Because we think we're ugly dudes. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying I'm some looker. Right. I just am saying like an ugly dude, Abraham Lincoln was also a homely guy. When you're an ugly dude, you think it's okay to talk about ugly dudes. Yeah. And that may not be, I don't know. Well, this is this is kind of over the air, so it's like they can't see us. But, yeah, I don't. I told Curry that today because I didn't shave today, and I said, I should have shaved. Mm. She said, ah, oh, you look okay. I said, I look homeless. She goes, you don't look homeless. I said, I look like a guy who was homeless two days ago, and somebody took me in, and they said, just wear these clothes till we get you something better. Gotcha. That's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> just put on these old clothes of right. my dad's. Right. Then we'll go get you something better. I'll be like, oh, thanks. And then I'm so excited to have these. Yeah. That's my outfit, usually yeah. every day. Yeah. Yeah. I shaved. I mean, I have a beard. You shaved your head. I shaved my neck. Oh. I get the neck beard. Why don't people just grow a full neck? I don't... You don't grow neck beard. You don't? Do you not... You people, have a beard. I know. I just have a goatee. But it doesn't but grow on your neck? It does. But I'm saying, are there people that just let it all grow? You know what I want you to do? Yeah. I want you to grow the goatee neck beard. Keep shaving on the sides. Take it all the way down like the Adam's Just, gr- Just only grow the neck. What if you did that? <laughs> I thought about just only growing my cheek hair. You know the little tufts of hair that are like whiskers that come out like a cat? Just just grow those like a Klingon. I don't know. Oh, that'd be great. Anyway. Sorry if we offend anybody. I don't know. Yeah. I just sometimes we're just having sometimes we forget the mics are on. We're just having fun. We were, we talk like we would around the table. And maybe we are a little bit too uh too loose with our words. I don't mean to harm no, somebody. I don't think that it was more of a question. It wasn't a he was offended. Do it you was, think it was a? It was a like. Do you think you went too far? Yeah, in light of all the other conversations we have, because there's certain things we wouldn't say. Right. Like, okay, where is the line? Is it okay to talk about Abraham yeah. Lincoln not being a good looking dude? You know. Right. And I, I, to me, I never even thought of that question. So I'm trying to be open to the to questions, regardless of where they lead us. So, um, so I thought Johnny that mm. uh, we, we maybe would. And kind of end our time today okay. with going to our special segment, Ask John and Johnny. All right. That's right. We had that. Have you got that music queued up? Yeah. But before that, I just want to say about the Abraham Lincoln thing again, too, and the ugly thing. Like, I don't think it's important that, like, I think it's a non-issue of whether you empirically say somebody's attractive or not because they're the president. It doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's probably better. He's right. probably better equipped to be the president if he's not distracted and hung up on his looks. Yeah. Don't you agree with that? I don't know. I mean, that's like saying that success trumps looks. Why did you say Trump? Oh, <laughs> that was completely, that was what completely about, what inadvertent. About what about Trump's looks? 
<laughs> Here's the sound bite that ended my political career. No, you're no, fine. Listen, I don't have a political career. No, you don't. But no, I, I think I think that. Let me ask you this: what? Can you be the president? Is is being the president? Does that make you successful? Um, it makes you the most powerful man in the world. But does that make you successful? You're famous. Here's the deal. I think that a president who is really attractive, along with having the most power probably in the world, it can be really – it can lead to a lot of things. But uh, like I don't know. I think that uh, it's not important. Right. I think that uh, – like here's the thing. It's not – like I, I put these things together on my website all the time or on Facebook to promote my shows. I put one out today or yesterday. Here's my upcoming shows, the dates and the cities, okay? And I look for these old photos. I want to find a photo of me that I'm making a funny face or whatever. I'm not hung up on like, do I look great in this photo? Because I'm a comedian. It's not important. It's, I mean, I'm hung up a little bit on my looks because I'm a vain. I'm just, I have some vanity. I'm on the keto. I'm doing all that. I'm on the keto diet, whatever. I'm trying to lose some weight. So there is some hang up a little bit with attraction. But it's not important to my job. Right. If somebody said Johnny's just kind of an average Joe, he's a plain looking guy, it would not bother me. It right. has nothing to do with my uh, capability to do my job. In fact, most people agree, if you're a comedian, that a good-looking, being good-looking is an impediment because right. you're, you lose relatability. Well, you lose that's the main reason I haven't done it. Yeah, because so, you get up there, they're going to be like, I could never no, be like I this guy. I can't receive from this guy. All this, Annie's funny? Oh, get out of here with that. Yeah. Uh, that's what I've been told my whole life. Yeah. You're not funny because you're too good-looking. I mean, Johnny, if I heard it once... It was just that one. It was, that it was one when time. you said it. Right. Right then was the first time. You heard it. If I had a dime, that was it. In your own ears, along with Sadie's crunching. Right. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get to Ask Johnny and John. Yeah. Jazz hands. <laughs> that is a lovely piece of music. I, a, oh, what was that? <laughs> It's like a little, <laughs> little digital I I, artifact left over from it. <laughs> <laughs> it says, uh, I find myself in the presence of quite a few people who may not believe in God. What do you think or have been have struggled? What do you guys think is the best way to approach people who have been really burnt by the church mm-hmm. or who don't believe in any kind of God whatsoever, much less the gospel, which they have heard, they've all heard before and rejected sometime in the past? Yeah. So... Interesting. I mean, again, I, I think, I think, it, I'm I'm writing a book with my buddy Mike uh, Burnett, who's a pastor, and it's about what the real, like, mission, if you want to use that word, of the mm-hmm. church actually is. And he talks a lot about the parable of the sower, and how, and it's it's just a really brilliant idea that in farming, the seed is the cheapest part, right? Like you can have a whole bag of – you can do a whole huge field with like $10 worth of seed. Like it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. And and if you're a family-owned farm, then the labor is really free. And it's – but where you drop hundreds of thousands of dollars into the process is the preparation of the soil. Right. Like that's the real problem is the turning over the soil and getting it all ready. And so he talks about that, look, this – if we use this term gospel, this this message about Jesus, which we need to get right, if, if it's right, it works all the time because Jesus is the one working in it. Just like a seed, you don't make a seed grow. Yeah. You just provide opportunity for it to grow. Um, and then those who are, you know, whether it's 
everybody who's supposed to be believers should be spreading that seed. I mean, we're all farmers. It's not hard. It's just in your life. You know, that's what the Bible says. He scattered it. Like this farmer was just throwing it, you know, it's, it's the condition of the ground. And Jesus says in that passage, that's the condition of people's hearts. That's really the difference maker. Yeah. And so Mike's point is that the real work of the church, we act like it's about so many things, but it really should be making room in people's hearts, whether it's the thorny or the stony or the hard places, like helping people's hearts have a place to hear that seed. Because I think it, to this question, those who are feeling like they've already heard it before or there's damaging things that have happened in their past and the yeah. issues with the church or they've been mistreated, and then you're dealing with hard ground or you're dealing with maybe a place that's that doesn't have the depth right now to endure this conversation about what God's doing. And so I really believe, I mean, you can speak to it, but I just, I think one, when you take out that idea that it's our, look, the seed is miraculous. All seeds are miraculous. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a corn seed is miraculous. It does what it does. You know, I, I don't, you don't, no one, no one puts something in the ground, stands back and goes, says, I made tomato. Like, you know, you don't, you don't create that thing. You just, you just make space for that miracle, you know, inside of our lives to happen. And so I think it's the same way here. I think that Jesus is at work. It's a great book called The Eternal Current that we are referencing some by Aaron Nequest, talking about what Jesus and has been doing since the beginning of time already. And our mm -hmm. job is just to is to become aware and to get into what he is doing. It's not all this I used to pray, God, would you work in everything I'm working on? And now I pray, God, would you let me work on everything you're working in? Like instead of asking him to come to whatever right. I'm doing, why don't I figure out what Jesus is about and go try to get into that? Um, and so in that, but realizing there's already something happening that, that God is doing in people's hearts, it's not requiring us, but we have this invitation or this role in it. And I think the biggest role is to create room and make space. And, and in many ways, making space is going to be doing what you're doing. And that's, Hey, just being a friend, having real conversations in being not so defensive. I think sometimes we treat like we act like Jesus needs, you know, a defense attorney. Yeah. Like you're being personally attacked. If somebody attacks that some tenet of Christianity, Yeah, you feel like it's a personal attack. Um, yeah. And I mean, I do have friends that are agnostics or atheists and they feel like it's foolish to believe in whatever. And yeah. so they, sometimes it is a personal attack, but Generally speaking, I think if you meet somebody who's not been hurt by the church, they probably haven't gone deep enough. Yeah. They've probably not even been in community. Because yeah. I've been hurt in church a ton of times. I've been hurt out of church a ton of times. Yeah. People hurt people. And the church is no different. I mean, it, in, in some people think, well, it should be. We should hold church to a higher standard. I agree with that to some extent, but I, I just think it's messy sometimes. And uh, it's... It takes uh, it takes work, and you gotta know you gotta gauge your own expectations too. It's like I always tell people who are like young and they're getting married. Like I try to gauge what their expectations of marriage are. I yeah. think church is similar. Like, what do you think is going to happen tomorrow when you're married? What do you think? You know, because yeah. I think some people get married and they think, well, I'm going to be taken care of for the rest of my life, or I'm going to be whatever. I mean, if you're a guy, you think, well, that's it. I'm. I'm, I've got this person and there's going to be, or you think you're going to have sex every night or whatever that thing is for you right. that you just think that illusion. But if you if you can get manage your expectations, sometimes of like, well, this is a broken group of people who all believe the same thing uh, to some degree. We at least believe the same core things. Um, 
and we're going to try to work this thing through together. We're going to do this together. And, but I think anything beyond that of like the church is going to take care of me or the church is never going to hurt me or the pastor's never going to say anything that challenges me or offends me. I think if you do that, you set yourself up to be hurt more than you probably should. But there are people who've been legitimately hurt. And I don't right. mean that. Right. I don't mean that at all. I know that. I mean, we have that going on right now with whole the Me Too movement. It's starting to like now we see the church stuff, man, the abuse that happened in church. And, of course, Catholicism, it's a whole thing. I mean, that, what a can of worms that is. But even in evangelical circles of Protestant men where you see this patriarchy where the man is protected and let's squash this and the woman should just get on with it and just put up. It's like there's been some people really hurt. And yeah. so I would say the first thing to do is this listen. Because you can find out a lot and not just be – don't go into defensive mode like you said because right. before you ever let them finish saying what they're going to say about what, how they've been hurt. Because you need to know how to approach that situation, I guess. No, absolutely. I love what you said about number one. I mean it's not lowering expectations. I think it's realizing expectations aren't accurate, mm-hmm. adjusting, managing those. The, the, the truth is you said, yes, this is a broken group of people who believe the same thing. But the real thing that we miss is, is – the the power of what they believe is contingent upon their admission of brokenness. Yeah. Like it's that it's that constant changing of one's mind of of being, you know, not conformed to one way but transformed by another. Like the real beauty of the community is supposed to be that they're aware of their brokenness and share it as Christ makes something beautiful out of the brokenness together. So when a church stops, when, a, when I say church, I mean people, when people because of faith, begin to act as if or even verbally deny that there is a same level of brokenness. In fact, it was a a tweet that we've talked about before, but I said it Sunday in the message. If you believe that there's someone in this world who needs Jesus more than you, then you've you've stepped over, Mm -hmm. you know, outside of the intention of the real gospel. And I think that's that's that thing. The real church, it should be nearly impossible to accuse of hypocrisy. Because the church was was always proclaiming its brokenness in yeah. light of Christ's grace, so I think that's number one: manage the expectation, you know, and, and and correcting that. If someone's struggling and they go, "Man, these people acted like this and that," then go, "Yeah, well, they shouldn't have done that." And that's that second thing. I know um, Keller talks about that a lot. Like when you say all the atrocities that have happened under the Catholic Church or throughout history, the Crusades and all these things, then I think you have to point out that. All of the pointing out of those atrocities and all of the change that came, came also from believers yeah. who stood up and said, hey, this is wrong. And and because Christianity is not one, you know, monolithic group of people that think all the same thing. I mean, they, they ascribe to one belief system, but it doesn't mean that, you know. Everybody in there is all equally responsible for everybody else in that crew. And so when Martin Luther King Jr. stands up as a believer and says, hey, this, you know, systemic racism and this, this is wrong. And he did it from a, a biblical viewpoint to other people who claim they believe in the Bible. We have to say, well, yeah, the atrocities, we can't ascribe them all completely to like this, this 
distant one person called the church. Like there were people within who did those things, but there were also people within who stood up and called it out to say, no, this is not. So yes, we can own it and say, wow, that should have never happened. We don't have to defend the church. That should never happen because that was never what Jesus intended. It wasn't Jesus's way. And thank God other people who were Jesus's people also felt the same way and in their own lifetimes risked their life, often gave their life in order to stand up for what was right in that. And sort of that lack of defending, to call it what it is, yeah. call the gospel what it is, call the church's true value, point out her beauty, be willing to, to point to the, to the things that mask that beauty. If someone just wants to go off of it, like, well, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That shouldn't be happening. That shouldn't be happening. And that's not Jesus's best intention for his yeah. church. And it's okay to say that without condemning them or condemning the church. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, there's, there's no one good, but God. And so we've messed, we've made a lot of mistakes and a lot of messes. Sometimes owning it is a good first step. Oh yeah. Um, towards some of that, because it's like, when you get defensive, it's like, okay, well, here's somebody who's just like, an automaton. He doesn't even, he's just going to cite, say the party line or whatever. It's like, you go, no, no, we really screwed up there. Yeah, man, you were really hurt. And I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry. Your family was treated that way, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, when you say that's not the characteristics of Jesus though. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's, you know what, probably where we should have started. I mean, absolutely. You said it. Let's listen. Let's, let's not be so quick to, most people just want someone to listen to them. We all want that yeah. and have some empathy, you know, it, it, regardless of trying to determine. I mean, someone's feelings are in many ways their version of reality, whether it's completely accurate, not accurate. It's accurate to them. Yeah. And I'm not saying we own everything that's you know didn't happen or did happen, but we can at least listen and say, I acknowledge that obviously you're in pain or anger or whatever from this. And, um, I just think that's always a good place to start in every relationship. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's uh, interesting conversation. Thank you for the question. And be sure you guys send in uh, more of those, and we'll be sure to do more uh, talking about uh, that. That. <laughs> so dumb. I used to hate when movies would reference the title of the movie in the movie. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I remember when there was a movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. This was at the height of Jean Claude Van Damme's fame, okay? Jean Claude. When he was like, he was opening movies and he was the star of the movie and they would do well. There was one that he did that was, uh, it was called uh, Sudden Death. Oh, no. Okay. So he was a cop and there was somebody that was planning an assassination attempt during a hockey game. And so there, it's this whole thing and he sniffs it out and he's going to be there. Then at some point he's in the catwalk above the rafters in this huge arena where they're playing hockey. You can see all the players skating around below. And then they're going to do it towards the end of the game. And they go, the game has gone into sudden death. <laughs> and it was like, Dum. and then the music kicks in. I was like, they just said that it's so lame. They said the title of the movie. Oh. I just don't. So we didn't mean to do that. And I apologize. But thanks for uh, the question for real. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, subscribe, share Absolutely. it. Tell so a friend. What is your big prediction for the UT Florida game? That I you- think that, man, I hope we win. But it's hope. It's not. I don't have any confidence in this team, John. I'm sorry. Well, see, even when Florida is a worse team than us, mm-hmm. they've had our number over the years. Yeah. So it's hard to ever get up for that game and feel like we got it this year. Right. We've been hurt so many times. Peyton Manning never beat the Gators. Do you understand me? I know. Peyton Manning never yeah. beat the Gators in four years. Right. 
What else do you got? That's the only statistic you need to say that they were in his head because we were better than some of those teams. Oh, we were a lot better. Oh, they were good. They won it in 96. We we had Peyton Manning. Listen, man. Peyton Manning's human too, bro. Don't put the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. He's just a dude. You think Peyton's ugly? Listen, I don't. We'll talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. Well, I guess uh, by the time that you hear us again, we will know the outcome. We will have vanquished Florida. Right. And they will have fired their coach. Let me ask that's you what this. happens when the Vols beat you. Let right? me ask you this. Whenever, if we win, mm-hmm. what sort of attitude will you have? Will you have wished you would have believed? I'm tearing the V off the side of the stadium. And, you're and I'm riding, riding it, it down, down section like triple C or yeah. whatever section yeah. I'll be in. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to get be... badly, badly injured. <laughs> So, You're going to be in Indiana? I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina North for three Carolina. days doing what's called the D6 conference. It's a leadership conference. Lee Strobel, who oh, wrote no. uh, Case for Christ. Case for Christ. A case for Faith. All case for a Creator. Case. Case, case, case. And uh, so he's one of the keynotes there, so that'll be a fun one. And then I'm uh, jumping on a plane to fly to Dayton, Ohio, to be with uh, Tim Hawkins' store. I have three days with him. So it's six days in a row I'm gone. Hey, can I tell you something about Tim Hawkins? Yeah. You're going to laugh. So I've never listened to the audiobook of Diary of a Jack Wagon. The book really? Of, the, the book you co-wrote? Yes. Because, I mean, why would I? Right. You know what I'm saying? But, but you finally did. But while well, I was sitting, we had volleyball. It was two tournaments back to back. And so on Sunday, I missed the morning because yeah. I was at church. Got there and everything, and then we hung out. We were she was there from eight in the morning and got home at eight that night. That's too much. Parents, and, stop doing this to your kids. No, it was great. She actually won a tournament. It was great. Oh, okay. We, Parents, go ahead. Yeah, it was great. And so, but I was sitting there. It was between games. She was refing and not playing, and so I just popped the earpiece in and mm-hmm. so I was going to look at a, one of the books and iBooks, and I was like, oh look, there's oh I have that. I forgot I have that audio book, bro. He was hilarious. Really? Yeah, like the book. My, and so Andrew, he delivers it like he's delivering a stand-up yes, probably. He, and Andrew told me, it's like, do the audio book, you know, is so much better than the written book. I was like, well, thanks a lot. You know, like it's very, yeah. you know, but he's right. But it makes sense because you were kind of using a lot of his bits in the book. Well, so. yeah, but he does, even the things that like I had, you know, put um, around his bits. He made them funnier than he, you did. Well, because he would be like, he does his little, his little characters and his voices and his pauses mm-hmm. and a lot of his... Uh, you know, like he does, yeah. just, like you've never heard any of these things in an audiobook, and then his songs are in there as well. Oh, I didn't realize often that. Often we inserted the song lyrics, but then on the audiobook, they use the track. Oh, that's cool. So he'll pitch it. I'm telling you, man, Diary of a Jack Wagon. I actually, because I don't remember. It was, yeah. oh, it was 2000, what, 13, 14? I don't a remember. Long time ago. I don't remember you the were, stuff. You still had hair. Oh, my gosh. The, shadow was, the shadow was but a glimmer. It was a spiky you were. mess. But. Yeah, I just—I'm telling you, I was—I was laughing. So anyway, and I texted him. You know, he was, I said, "Dude, you were really funny reading that book." So what did he say? He texted you back. He did. Oh, that's cool. He said, "Thanks for the kind words. I'll be well." Everything. So he sent me a funny, like meme or something first. In front of him, so. That's good. If he hadn't responded, it'd been a weird change. <laughs> so did he write back? He still no, hasn't. He, he doesn't. He totally. <laughs> he was, no, he he was very, me off. He was very gracious. It was great. That's so. cool. Anyway, so hey, it's great. It's great to hang out with you again, John. Yeah, Glad man. you're home and. Uh, we will uh, hopefully have another one coming next week for yeah, all of our listeners out there. Yeah, so. when I get back, we'll do another one of them. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next time on Talk About That. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God and... 
Aren't we all praying the big prayer? Here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast, which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.